Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Kowalski. Occupation, driver. Transporting a supercharged Dodge Challenger from Denver to San Francisco. Background, Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Former stock and bike racer. Former cop, dishonorably discharged. Now he uses speed to get himself up. To get himself gone. Everybody's after Kowalski. For one reason or another. Is there something I can do for you? Well, like what? Like anything you want. Everybody wants a piece of his hide. Maybe kill somebody. Maybe stole that big dude of his. Maybe both. Look at that son of a... They want to get him and put him away. But they'll have to catch him first. Ah! Let my own ass go! This is yours truly, super, super soul! Being chased by the blue, blue meanies on wheels, the vicious traffic squad cars are after our known driver, the super driver of the Golden West. The police numbers are getting closer, closer, closer to our soul hero in his soul mobile. They're gonna get him, smash him, rip the last American hero. It's the maximum trip at maximum speed. Vanishing point. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. This is Keith Martin, publisher of Sports Car Market and American Car Collector, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, tantalk1340.com, and you can see me, moi, live in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, Gulfstream Motorsports, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our past 400, and, no, 500, 400, how many do we do, Bobby? Uh, 541, I think. 541, okay. 541. 541. See, this is what happens oh, when 541, you get... 1741. Yeah, that's it. This way, uh, hey, be sure and call. If you need to crash, I know. This is what happens when you... When you reach my age and dementia starts setting in, you can't remember doo-doo. Anyway, uh, Nostalgic Radio Cars is where all our past shows are. It's our archive page, and you can listen to all, like I said, Bobby said, 540-some-odd shows. Uh, my guest, uh, my uh, co-host uh, host yep. this evening is uh, Scooby-Doo, of course. And, of course, Bobby hey. is, is on the other side of the COVID 2021 uh, yes, Happy 21. New Year. Happy New Year. Um, studio, are you uh, driving, uh, driving the radio uh, driving a radio station there? Yep. Okay, I just want to make sure. 
Anyway, uh, we've got a great show for you this evening. We've got some uh, new guests coming on. We're going to start off the year with uh, talking about cars. We ended the year with uh, musicians. And talking then, about, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we are going to be doing a lot more of that this year, though. So um, we're looking forward to that because this is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So it's Nostalgic Radio, which is music, and cars. And so we talk about both. And we're going to focus a little bit more and more on the music side this time, and we've got some real interesting uh, musicians coming on. So we want to grab them all while they're still around. These are the guys, which was really cool for me because, you know, being uh, in my early 60s right now, a lot of the guys are in their 70s and some approaching the 80s. And these are the guys that I used to listen to on the radio show back in the day, so uh, on the radio station, rather. And uh, and then I was influenced, like a lot of guys, and, you know, back in our day, before they had all these electronic gadgets, you either worked on your cars, you built models, uh, or you picked up an instrument. And my dad was a pianist. My grandfather was a concert pianist in Vienna. And uh, so I had to learn how to play the piano the piano uh, at an early age. And then uh, being the rebellious kid out of the 60s, coming growing up in Northern California, I had, nah, nah, I got to play guitar, man. You know, like everybody else, I heard Elvis. And I was there the night that the uh, I was at the ripe age, influenced by the Beatles when they were on Ed Sullivan in 1964. We were over at some friend's house, and that was pretty cool. I mean, to be actually actually be able to see that. I mean, we used to watch TV shows like, and, and unless you're my era, you know, in your late 50s, early 60s, 70s, you probably don't remember. But it used to be a TV show called Don Amici. And there was obviously the uh, Lawrence Welk show, and then of course there was Ed Sullivan, and then a whole bunch of other variety shows back in the day. And of course, Ed Sullivan was probably the most uh, um, pr- uh, well-known show, and he had some pretty interesting. I mean, he had the Doors were on Ed Sullivan, if I remember correctly. Uh, Rolling Stones was on there. Beatles obviously was on there, and that kind of started all that. So a lot of us were influenced by. 60s music and naturally you gravitate to the music that you grew up listening to and I did my parents weren't exactly excited about it and uh, that's back when all you had in your car was an AM stereo and if you had a few bucks you bought a you had a AM stereo AM radio and then if you're lucky and you had a few dollars and you bought ordered the option you got an AMF from stereo but some cars didn't even have stereos they had a little reverb switch in the back which Actually, it was a reverb speaker thingy in the back, and then in the front, you had like a little dial or a switch or something like that, and then kind of give it a wah-wah-wah sound to it, which was kind of cool. And um, I remember the first time I saw one of those, I think it was a friend of mine, his mom had a Lincoln, and uh, it had one in it. And then I started paying attention to it, and then, you know, a friend of mine's Pontiac had it, and, or their dad had it, and it's kind of cool, you know. So, uh, But I grew up, you know, in a neighborhood where there was a lot of kids that were kids there was a lot of us you know the big families four or five kids and there was older brothers and sisters in all these families so the term garage band um meant something to us because you know obviously you have, if you're really good and you're successful and of course in california the beach boys were like the band obviously in the 60s but as we rolled into the vietnam era and then the uh make war uh, or hate, no, make love, not war type deal. <laughs> anyway, you know, all that anti-Vietnam stuff. And, you know, the hippie movement kind of grew and grew and grew. And in the 60s, growing up in Marin County, but my mom and dad were in a motel business in San Francisco, uh, I was kind of like uh, exposed to a lot of that stuff. So I saw the hippies everywhere because they used to hang out in Golden Gate Park and places like that down at the Marina District. And, you know, hippies were everywhere, you know. But a lot of really cool music came out of there. And one of the guests, one of the guys we're trying to get on the show, besides Robbie Krieger of the Doors, is a guy by the name of uh, Freiburg. What's his name, first That's name? David. Freiburg. David. Yeah, David was with a band uh, originally called Quick Me- Quicksilver Messenger. They were out of San Jose, actually. So were the Doobie Brothers, by the way. But they were in like the late '60s. Um, and so, and they then they came to you know their their big claim to fame is like right around the early '70s. And um, but Quicksilver Messenger was um, uh, mid '60s, and uh, so they were. And obviously Santana. We had Greg Raleigh on, who's one of the founding members of Santana. We had him on a couple of years ago, and so the music scene in San Francisco was pretty cool. And uh, so obviously you were exposed to it. You know, now we in the neighborhoods, a lot of the older brothers and sisters were also influenced by music. And then of course in every garage, not every garage, but most garage, beside a cool car, a motorcycle, or something like that race cars, who knows, 
there was uh, instruments. So when the bigger brothers and sisters weren't hanging around, us younger brothers and sisters were kind of like hanging out in the garage, and we'd pick up a guitar, pick up a set of drumsticks, pick up a keyboard, or hang out with a keyboard. And we would just bang around and pounce around in this stuff, and some of us kind of gravitated to it and kind of picked it up, and some didn't. But I was one of those kids that did. So I beat on drums, and I twanged on the guitar, and pound on the keyboard, the ivories, as they say. And uh, that was kind of like my background and my exposure to it. Then I moved, and then I, but I dragged my guitar around, and then I got involved with skateboards and bicycles and motorcycles and cars. And here I am at the ripe age of whatever I'm at. I decided to pick up my guitar again and start playing a little bit. But it's kind of boring when you're by yourself, and I don't play. You know, I don't, I'm not a I'm not a lead guitarist like you know Eddie Van Halen or somebody like that, or uh, who else? Jimmy Page is really good. Um, who's that other guy we had on here? Rick Derringer is very, very good. good. Oh, yeah. And uh, Ted Nugent's been on our show. Very good. You know, even uh, John Oates, another one. You know, they, these guys all play lead. Lead's the guy that, you know, they run the run all the way up the fretboard, all the way up to the neck. And me, I stay below the first seven chords or first seven frets, and I just play some chords and some kind of some, some lead thingies, you know, little finger thingies, and just enough to amuse myself and annoy my wife and my son. Right, Bobby? We're just dumber than a bag of hammers. <laughs> something to that effect anyway so but i love guitars i think guitars are really cool instruments and then i kind of not really started collecting them but i kind of have a few and uh i'm partial fenders um mainly because that's what i really wanted to buy originally obviously the 1965 64 5 and 6 the mustang came out the car fender came out with a mustang guitar okay they had a dual sonic at the time and the dual sonic was a dual pickup dual sonic at it um, I think they had a, another one before that. I don't remember what it was called, but there was two of them. There was a might have been Music Master, Dual Sonic, and Fender Mustang. So the Fender Dual Sonic was a single pickup. Actually, they had a uh, Fender Bronco too, single pickup. One had a pickup in the front, which was a neck pickup, and the other one had a pickup in the rear, which was a uh, uh, bridge pickup. That's it. And then if you have a Fender Strat and you had all the bucks, you had a Fender pick. You had a. Uh, a bridge pickup, a neck pickup, and then uh, one in the middle, or which gave you a whole three pickups. But <laughs> so and if your F one fifty doesn't move, you got a broken pickup. Yeah, you got a broken pickup. There you go. But anyway, so I decided I wanted to get a Fender Mustang because the car was out, and a friend of mine had one. It was a pretty cool guitar, you know. Mustang, obviously, car guy. You know, it stands the reason. I was building models back in the day. And I walked into the guitar store, and the guy goes, yeah, yeah, we got a Fender Mustang, you know, 110 or 120 bucks, whatever it was. And I go, wow, that's a lot of money. You know, kid, kid on a little allowance a week, and, you know, and took me a little while to save up. But anyway, so the guy says, oh, but I can sell you this guitar right here. It's called a Lyle. looks just like a Gibson ES-335. Now, imagine when you're in the 60s walking into a guitar store. This is the height. I mean, when they made some really cool instruments, okay, you walk into a guitar store, and you see all these sunburst uh, colored and and Daphne blue and Fiesta red and the Olympic white and then all the other really cool colors and then some psychedelic stuff that was out there back in the day you know pretty cool stuff but in the mid 60s all the uh, besides your Gretches your and your Fenders and your uh, Martins and your and your well, my mind went back. Uh, so what else was out there? Gibsons and uh, your uh, Rickenbackers and all those really cool 60s um, Goyas, stuff like that. Really cool for Hagstroms, really cool foreign guitars. The Japanese guitars were coming on the market. So this guitar was a knockoff of an ES-335, which is a hollow body, kind of like what Alvin Lee used to play with. And B.B. King, they all played uh, a big hollow body Gibson. George Harrison, I think, played one for a short period of time, but he mostly played get Gretches and occasionally some... Fender Strats, and uh, even Eric Clapton played a uh, ES-335. But at any rate, so I wound up with that guitar, which I still have, by the way. So I still have my original guitar, but since then but I picked it. But at any rate. But at any rate, yeah, that but one. But at any rate. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, it's almost time for a commercial. Oh, but yeah. anyway, so, uh, but uh, since then I've, you know, got a few other little cool little six strings. But anyway, all right, so Bobby, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fire up the stereo. Yep, a little tribute music. A little tribute music to one of our... Uh, Great local radio legends here. Yeah, one of the great local radio, fallen radio legend here, you know, so yep. tribute to yes. uh, Kenny. Mr. Kenny B. Kenny B., yeah. The Valdez Channel Radio, um, the Dining Out Radio, Craft Beer Hour, and On the Green Radio. Here's a song from one of the guests you interviewed recently. He interviewed. Oh, yeah, no, he I interviewed. interviewed. Here, he, he interviewed. I was kind of talking to yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Weekend Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. For car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. There's a really big show tonight. A really big show tonight. Yes, sir, we've really got a spectacle for you this time. Okay, we're back. Thank you there, uh, Ed. Anyway, uh, yeah, you're tuning in to Stop Trading Cars. How about a big shout-out to uh, some of our listeners? Kevin, the uh, Motor City ad man. Vic. Vic, how you doing, buddy? Randy. Hey, buddy, how you doing, Randy? Uh, Kelly, you doing good? Uh, Ken, obviously we had Ken on the show last week. I did not get the chance to go down to uh, Muscle Car City or wherever they call that thing. Was it Muscle Car City? Is that what he called it, Bobby? Something like that? Yes. That's it. Yeah, down there in Fort Myers. And Meekums is this weekend. I think it's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Meekums is this weekend. Don't forget, if you want to find out where all the car shows are, besides listening to Nostalgic Getting Cars every week, you can uh, Google FloridaCarshows.com, FLACarshows.com. And you can find out all the cool stuff. And, of course, if you're in downtown Largo and you're lost <laughs> and you're hungry, you need to stop by, uh, remember this, 426 West Bay Drive for some of the finest barbecue, BBQ. So if you're if you're lost, hungry, and looking for a car show, we've got you covered. We've got you covered. That's exactly right. So, and then, of course, uh, in a week or two, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, I am not willing to take the chance of flying in an airplane. I'm not, you know, I, I don't buy in all this stuff, but I'm not taking any chances, and I'm not going to be trapped in an airplane with a whole bunch of people screaming with face diapers. 
But anyway, but if I was motivated and I did have the extra time and I was up to it, I might just drive out to Scottsdale, Arizona, which would be really cool. But the problem was is I wouldn't make it out there in a week. I would take like a month to get out there because I would detour to Arkansas. I would be in Texas. I would be in New Mexico. I would be in Idaho. I'd probably swing up to someplace in Oklahoma. And obviously I'd go back down to Texas and then I'd go down to southern Arizona and then up to northern Arizona, and then by then I might, it might be next year, because there are so many cool places. I've done that trip before. I've actually driven out to Arizona and brought cars back, and I, I stumbled into some junkyards in, in New Mexico and Texas. And I gotta tell you, the cars out there are still rust-free, clean, and solid. And uh, it's really hard to resist some of those cars and to drag them back. But the, what was interesting is even when I was in the wrecking yard business and I used to buy good, clean, solid cars and I'd drag them back, nobody here would buy them. I, everyone I sold went back out west because the guys out west know that the best is out west and his stuff's not rusty and it's good, clean cars. And of course, you know, as an appraiser, I got to tell you guys that, you know, you want to get the car that is complete as, compos- complete as possible and as solid as possible. It's okay to replace some sheet metal and you're going to probably have to do a little bit of that, you know. But when it's a rust bucket, you know, people are going, ah, I'll just buy a cheap project car and I'll be throwing floors and quarters and cowls and all kinds of stuff like that now. And Mustangs and some cars, Camaros, you know, it's especially if they were a northern car and got down here. Not only did they rust from the top down, but, you know, they rusted from the bottom up as well. So somewhere in the middle is a rust seam. Uh, it's seamless. I don't know. Just a whole bunch of rust. So, But if you can find a solid body, it makes more sense. And that's probably the most costly part of doing the car is the body work, you know, really. I mean, I see this all the time. And some of this stuff is really cool. Like last week, we were talking a little bit about that 1960 Ford uh, sedan delivery that uh, we took a look at. That was a pretty cool piece. And I've done the appraisal on that car, and it came up with a pretty strong number. But it was very, very tastefully done. I mean, they put 61, 62 um, Ford Galaxy XL bucket seats in it, which is kind of cool instead of a bench seat because all your sedan deliveries and couriers and uh, panel wagons were generally just a one seat in the front only kind of car and then the rest was all pretty much a cargo area this thing had a lot of unique features I, as i was doing my research and it was hard because i was trying to get a hold of some people up in canada with the galaxy club to get me some information on this so i was able to partially break down the vin number the canadian vin numbers are completely different than the american vin numbers i mean they ours are real easy ours are like you know zero for 1960 and then it'll have uh, two numbers for a body code then it'll have an engine code then it'll have a date code and then it'll go into a serial number it's like nine numbers the canadians is completely different and theirs is at the back and then there's a, t- a row up at the top and i wasn't able to break that down i mean i got some of the information but not but not all of it so i couldn't find i come up with the trim or i couldn't come up with the color the original color but i got everything else a body the engine and things of that nature but anyway so that's part of the deal when you're doing an appraisal you're trying to you know figure out what exactly we got here but i was able to find out that they didn't make a ton of those somewhere around 500 is what the production number was for sedan delivery specifically ranch wagons which is how they start out and the sedan delivery is kind of like a, a version of it or a real stripped down version of it and uh but this one had all this trim on it but whoever did the car they instead of having a 350 it was originally a six on the car so they put a 390 in it they put an automatic in it Put disc brakes on the front of it. Um, decent paint job. Straight as can be body. I mean, it was a really nice car. Actually, it was a show-quality vehicle. Um, apparently, it was like $70,000, $80,000 spent on it. And this car is worth probably about half. That's just the way it goes. Your best bet, buy one done. And if you're not happy with the color, just spray it. But get one done that's pretty close and then add some of your accessory. But this car had two other really cool options on it. It had a real early... Um, high-performance 390 aluminum intake manifold, like either a 300-horse or police interceptor style. Then it had 427, 406-log-style, big, heavy-duty cast-iron exhaust manifolds. So that was pretty cool. And uh, really cool features. But uh, but that was a unique car, and it's up there in Clearwater, and I think that car's going to wind up going out west because guy's going to buy it. And it's up there at uh, Adventure Motors up there on uh, Calumet Street. And they're good friends with uh, my other good buddy, Danny, at Golden Classics. But anyway, on that note, Bobby's going to go ahead and fire up the stereo, and we're going to get a special guest on. And we're going to talk about cars tonight. Yes, sir, B. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to be talking about cars and cars and cars and cars and cars and cars. You're tuning into Nostalgia Getting Cars. We'll touch the dial. Here's a little, uh, is this Vanilla Fudge, Vanilla bud? Fudge. Vanilla Fudge. All right. Hey, we'll be right back.
new motion picture that dares to deal with a serious contemporary problem which every man, woman, and child must come to grips with at least once in their lifetime. We make them like this anymore. Why don't you go ahead and sit inside? Go ahead. This new upholstery, only 27,000 miles, and we just gave the engine a complete overhaul yesterday. Go ahead, kick her over. Isn't that the quietest engine you've ever heard in your life? Used cars. Rolling off the blocks this summer into a theater near you. Hey, Stan, trust me, huh? <laughs> Happy motoring, Stan. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Hey, come on, trust me. This is McKeel Haggerty, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So get out there and keep driving all those cool cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for this evening. We have two guys joining us this evening. One gentleman, is the name, uh, his name is Devin Crail, and the other gentleman is... Not the comedian, but he is John Goodman. And these guys are co-founders of an automotive enthusiast website called Zero to 60. I'm delighted to welcome to the show these two gentlemen. And uh, how are you guys doing this evening? Doing well, thank you. Yeah, doing great, Robert. Thank you. All right, so I got Devin and I got Devin Crail and I got John Goodman, right? Right, correct. Okay, very good. All right, so uh, Devin, just out of curiosity, give us a quick little uh, synopsis of your background. Uh, so I've uh, grown up in the collector car industry my whole life and worked with my father, Charles Crail, a uh, collector car dealer, for the last 15 or so years. Uh, he's been in the business for 50-plus years, wow. uh, specializing in mostly pre- and shortly post-war rolls and Bentley, but we sell a little bit of everything. And uh, now John and I have partnered in this enthusiast website that's kind of um, was enhanced by COVID and a lot of time on our hands, and it's uh, been a really fun project for us. Interesting. Now, where was your, uh, your your yours and your dad's uh, car dealership at? What state? Where? Uh, we're in California. He started in Los Angeles and then moved up to Santa Barbara in the early seventies. Oh, okay, Santa Barbara, nice area up there. John, what's your uh, your deal? Well, so I uh, con my dad with uh, my. Uh, partner at the time, uh, we, we we conned our parents into buying us a 1980s 911SC that we, I think we made like six or seven or eight hundred bucks on. Uh, we, we, we were, we were uh, you know, at the top of the world in that moment. And consequently, that led to uh, effectively a dealership that has sold somewhere around seven, eight hundred cars uh, over the ensuing, you know, 16, 17 years. So uh, I, I, I certainly know the market. I love the market. Uh, this is something that I've come back to after uh, doing a little stint in, in commercial real estate. But it's, uh, it's something that I'm, that I'm excited about constantly, and, and that's, you know, 
what Devin and I have uh, created, something that we're both happy to go work for and look at every morning. You forgot to mention, John, that that first car was in high school. It was, yeah. I, w- I was 16. I, you know, my my dad's an old Porsche guy, but uh, still, it, it, it was it was an outlandish thing, and and it still worked. Uh, that being said, I'll always uh, appreciate him for it, but uh, I think he knows that I I pulled a little wool over his eyes at this point. Well, now, now, come on, now, I, 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 I too, I'm primarily a Ford guy, so I'm Shelby Boss Mustang kind of guy, but I'm also very, um, uh, very much in favor or fond of uh, 78 to 89 911s, uh, the G series cars, and particularly the, yeah. particularly the, uh, you know, that body style, just the coupes. I mean, I've had a couple of 930s over the years and uh, some SCs, and I had a couple of Carreras. And I really, really, truly like In fact, I'll tell you what I'm in the market for if you have one laying around in your hip pockets, an 86. And the reason I want an 86 is that's the last year for the 915 gearbox, first year for the improved air. And it still looks like a you know, conventional 911. Just a nice 911 with a set of sixes or sevens and eights on it, sitting down on the ground, no oh, spoilers. You have opened, you've opened up Pandora's box. Did I really? Why? You got one laying around? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, but you're going to get like four emails a day. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That works. That works. We're going to have to talk about it. I have an 82 for sale right now, uh, 911, that somebody wide-bodied, put a RS rear spoiler on it. In fact, we're going to have to talk. After the show, I'm going to have to get with you guys, because I might have to put that on your website. But since we're talking about this, let's talk about 0 to 60 and how fast we can get there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, zero, 0 to 60. So part of John and our jobs uh, as car dealers is constantly scouring the Internet for cars to buy and resell. Uh-huh. And um, during shortly before COVID, we were always sharing the coolest cars. I mean, we can never buy everything that we find. So we were sharing a lot of stuff with some friends via email. And after COVID, um, the amount of cars that we were, we were just obsessively looking for cars every day, sending them to our friends, they convinced us to... Uh, that it was so exciting for them to, to uh, whip up a quick website and share it with the world. And we were amazingly surprised at the um, reception we've gotten on social media and just site traffic. And um, that's kind of spurred our interest to, to see where we can take it and maybe do some partnerships or classifieds or who knows. But right now we're just focused on this blog and, and uh, curating the Internet for the coolest cars, the strangest cars, the lowest mile original cars, and the best deals, uh, so that you don't have to. Yeah, and Robert, yeah. Uh, just to to put a, a, a you know a, a mark on that, every single day uh, it's Devin, me, and our team, and we sit there in the room and we just laugh. We just laugh. We we go through the best cars. Oh yeah, that that one's fantastic. Uh, we're, we're looking at everything that is available and it's, you know, uh, we figured, especially in the absence of cars and coffee, uh, it was something that we should be putting online. Uh, this is, you know, uh, an online cars and coffee and, and we're, we're trying to have that same, uh, kind of familiar interaction with, uh, this whole community. Uh, and I, I hope that we're doing that. That That is the goal. And I would say we're better than a Cars and Coffee because everything we're presenting is for sale. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't get uh, old McGregor with his, you know, pickup that he won't <laughs> sell for another 38 years. Uh, how did the name Zero to 60 come to fruition? You know, that's one of those things that we can't really pinpoint, I'd say. Um, somebody brought it up. We were trying to brainstorm for a clever name, something that's indelible, something that maybe makes you think for a second, so then when you finally get it, you'll never forget it. And, um, John, did you come up with it? I know I didn't. No, no, it was, it was Austin. Uh, uh, one of our team members, he, he, he came up with Not to 60. And, well, Not to 60 actually, you know, would intimate that you actually are aware of european sports cars right certainly british and uh uh 
you know, when he said that, we we just went, well, okay, well, how about zero to sixty? That that's not that's not so bad. And the the fun thing is, is that uh, half the people that we talk to are completely unaware of the name, like what it means, until they actually type it into the URL line. And when they do, it it, it you know, is oh oh zero to sixty, oh zero to okay, all right, I, we we got it now. That is more memorable than anything else. We're not, you know, trying to uh, to uh, create some sort of uh, media conglomerate here. Uh, that that's not the case. Uh, it, it's just if you remember it, then you're probably going to go back. And that that in and of itself is is well worth. It. And for your I, listeners I did, out I there, didn't, I didn't like the name. To be honest, I didn't like the name. I, I was I was overvoted by uh, by our team. And for you listeners out there, it's spelled Z E R O, and then the number two six zero. So it's not like you normally see the term zero to sixty uh, written out. Well, and we're at zero to sixty dot com. Um. You know, but 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 here's the deal. Just like you said, zero to sixty. I mean, you kind of think of that. Is it, and I'm just going to digress here just for a second. Bring a trailer, okay, Bat. All right. So I started looking at Bring a Trailer. I don't know in the early 2000s, right after it started out. And originally it started out as a blog, and occasionally it was a car in there for sale or something like that. But Bring a Trailer is a term. Like if I'm selling a car, I'm saying Bring a Trailer. You know, bring cash, title, trailer, whatever you got, you know, car. Uh, what I used to tell everybody, I said, time, tools, and money is what I used to say. I used to be in the wrecking yard business. So I had West Coast wrench a wreck. Okay. So you would come in, wrench a wreck, self serves yard. And I would always say, you know, bring a truck, tools, and, and, and a trailer, and then take this thing out of here and get it out of here, whatever it was I was selling at the time. So it's kind of a catchy name. Well, same thing with yours. When you say zero to 60, you're absolutely right. You're not going to forget that because zero to 60 is so common because the first thing I'm going to ask you on your car, your 911, I'll say, well, what's the zero to 60 time on your 911? What's the zero to 60 time on your MGB GT? And I'm, I'm a sports car guy kind of guy anyway. And um, or what's the zero to 60 time on your car? Because that was important, zero to 60, you know? And so it's really a catchy name, and it's kind of like cliche and cliche enough that you you won't forget it, and it's like – it's it's uh, car jargon, so to speak. Does that make any sense? I mean, you know, so it's it's right, it's right. yeah. You're not going to forget it. It's 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 it's, it's going to be on your mind in the back of your and and it's something you'll just you just think about. Zero sixty. Right. Good. I like it. And, and, I like and it. We've been we've been thank you. We've been followers of Bring a Trailer too since the beginning, and they kind of pioneered at least for us this kind of style of blogging. And we kind of wanted it since they don't really do that anymore. We wanted to take over where they left off but do it in a much bigger volume because the amount of cars that are coming fresh for sale every day on the internet, especially on Craigslist for sale by owner is in the hundreds and hundreds of cars a day. And, um, so we're, we're, we're showing anywhere from 20 to 40 cars a day that are, or that are mostly freshly listed or just a couple of days old. All right. So let me hear the next question. I'm going to look at this as a, from a, from a business guy, entrepreneur standpoint, how does this thing, is, is this thing a revenue generator for you? Does it have that potential or where's it going to go? That's a good question. You know, we started it, like I said, just as a hobby. We had a lot of free time on our hands and we're already searching the internet for inventory anyway. And, um, now that it's gotten such a, uh, big reception, uh, with followers on social media and, and traffic to the site, We've now just started wondering, is there some way we can monetize it? Um, developing the website was very cheap, and and uh, keeping it in production doesn't cost a lot of money. But um, now with the site traffic we're getting, uh, we are exploring partnerships. Or We're not really sure, but we, we do think that there's possibility of monetizing it. We're just trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I mean, I, just to... to, to further that point it, it you know we we don't know uh the fact is is that we've got a lot of people that are happy to uh see it on a daily basis in their daily email and you know if even if they don't subscribe to the email coming to the site where we go from here we're not sure uh you know it was a passion project at the at, at the onset uh we were we weren't trying to uh you know, compete with anyone. That being said, now we're we're getting we're getting some numbers that are pretty uh, remarkable. And 
I think that COVID really has helped us out, too. Uh, you know, people are sitting at home, and they, they want to see something interesting. Well, and if we can provide that, then we're happy to. Uh, for the time being, it's entirely free. There's nothing. Uh, there is <laughs> There is no... There is no revenue model whatsoever. We're just sharing cards. Yeah, we, do have some pretty we, cool, like do. we do have some pretty cool logos that a friend, some friends of ours helped whip up. Oh, that's we right. You have, can buy a hat. We, yeah, we have just, shirts and hats for sale, um, so that would always help. But <clears throat> I, I did go to the website, yeah, and I did sign up for it, so I'm on your mailing list now. So uh, I, did that, Thank you. I did that last week. And uh, Okay, well, here's where I'm going. So... Um, in you said something about partnerships. Okay, so Devin, are you still in Santa Barbara? Yes, John and I are both still in Santa Barbara. Okay, well, you've got some. I mean, Santa Barbara, which is you know, for people that are not familiar with Santa Barbara, and I was, used to go there vacation because I'm originally from Marin County. So my parents would, and they were in the motel business, so we would go up and down the coast all the time. And Santa Barbara is one of the places. In fact, we tried to buy a motel in Santa Barbara it's called the Ming Tree. Back. I think what wasn't the first Motel Six here actually technically. I do not know, but I know that uh, presidents have stayed at the hotel down there, and I can't remember the name of the one, but it's right there across the street from the Bre- uh, beach. The Biltmore. But, uh, it's a one-story building, Spanish-looking. It's now a Four Seasons, but yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, back in the day. And I'm, and I'm going back in the 60s, so when I was a little runt. But uh, so, but I will tell you this, that Cal, and there was a church up there. I can't remember the, remember the name of the church, but we used to go to that all the time up there, and a mission. Um, but Santa Barbara always had some really, really cool cars. It's a high-end area, a lot of amazing stuff, a lot of Ferraris, a lot of exotics up that way. Porsches all over the place, and um, and then you know you, you go uh, take uh, PCH up the road there and you head up towards Santa Santa Luis Obispo and you go across Madonna Pass and up in the you know Big Sur area up there. That's a beautiful stretch of road that you can just really get lost on, and uh, not wind up like uh, what's his name that backed his Cobra off the James Dean. Uh, no, James Dean, he would crash. He was in more inland there on the other side of St. Oh, Louis right. Obispo. That but was or where? Yeah, what what was? What was that? But yeah, it's in. There was a guy. Yeah, well, they made, they made two. Uh, it was the Bill Cosby Cobra, supposedly that went over the the end there, and I guess McCluskey got this. Is that's another story for another day. But anyway, but that, that's a, kind of a famous story, folklore among us Shelby Cobra guys. And um, but anyway, where I was going with that is that there's a lot of really cool stuff in your area there, and you know, are you guys you're familiar with the Peterson Museum and 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 some of the car shows down there just south of you guys away is there in Malibu. Because they have some big shows down there, so because of the COVID thing, a lot of virtual car shows have come to uh, fruition, and uh, so I didn't really pay much attention to it. And and being the, a car guy kind of guy that likes regular car shows, I couldn't get warm and fuzzy to virtual car shows. But lately, I've been actually watching them uh, just because it's kind of interesting. Because there are some pretty cool cars, so. I think you guys are on the right track, and yeah, you know what? So it's kind of like you, when you get dealt lemons, you turn it into lemonade, and that's pretty much what you guys did with the COVID thing. And and now this whole thing has just kind of spawned from there. And and you know, I wish you guys the best of luck with it. Well, thank yeah, you. you know, you know, Devin and I uh, have partnered on cars back and forth over the decades, but <laughs> uh, this we, we had considered really trying to, you know do a little bit more journalism effectively. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a film school degree. Devin is maybe the best photographer that I've ever seen. And so, you know, you combine those things quickly and and if we're looking at, at other cars that are available every single day, well, you know, he, he knows how to how to frame them the right way for uh, for how we should present them to the public. Why why aren't we sharing them? That that was the big that was the big question and then ultimately it became zero to sixty. We're you know, it's worth sharing. Why not? So here's a question that everybody has. When you start out with a website to gain traction and to get exposure what are some of the procedures that you do? How do you really get it out there? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that use Facebook and Instagram and, and whatever that other thing is, Twitter or something like that. And uh, okay. But you got to kind of build it up because 
You know, it's just like it's like anything else. I mean, you, now you're on my radio show, and you might be on somebody else's radio show, and you might be, you know, to team up with somebody else in some other site. And it's all a matter of networking and marketing and exposure and telling some person because I'm going to tell somebody about it. So you know, and it, it beca- it's exponential. But when you're trying to get this thing off the ground, what what, what are the grassroots? Uh, some of the areas that you you, you kind of like focus on a little bit. Uh, we focused a lot on social media, but really word of mouth. It's amazing how fast something like this that people actually find interesting uh, can travel by word of mouth. And by having that daily email that people can forward to their friends, there's such a variety of cars on the website that, that within a matter of days, something will appeal to everyone. And um, usually they'll be sharing that with a friend because people are into different things. Um so social media has helped a lot, but I really think it's been a lot of word of mouth. Yeah, and and I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll bolster that by saying, you know, I'm I'm a Porsche guy. I I don't actually care about seeing a, a Volvo brick <laughs> on our site. But that being said, you know, uh, my my good friend Lars is interested in a Volvo brick, so I'm going to forward that email, and that that. Really, you know, we're, we we weren't looking at this like a you know like a media conglomerate or anything. We we were looking at it like, hey, uh, these are cars that we like. Uh, we're we're finding the best, you know, eight to ten to twenty to thirty total throughout the day. Well, why don't we share it? And frankly, this market, this uh, the the collector car uh, world is is really organic uh you you can try to spend your way into it uh, i i don't we we certainly haven't <laughs> but uh but it, it, it's more about you know just hey this is a great car uh we enjoy what this represents you know uh the the, the, the uh, random 80s you know mr2 or whatever is is not something I typically would have looked at, but if we're going to post it on our site, then it's a, it's a car worth pursuing. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, a perfect, you know, original or tastefully upgraded. Uh, it, the, the, basically, it's, it, it's come down to, you know, what do we want to see on the Internet? And we weren't seeing that, so we, you know, created and one of the coolest things i think about our website and sites like barn finds and other similar ones is that there's such a variety of cars uh, that people like to go there to see stuff that they never would have normally searched for on the internet you see stuff that you normally like but you see things that you never knew you like and i think that's one of the most exciting things about our site absolutely i mean i i i go to bring a trailer and randomly i'm looking at some like you know, 50s planets that I never thought that I ever wanted, and yet I want it. And that, you know, that that that's what we're trying to extend. Uh, it, it, it's a broad range of what we post. It's not certainly not finite. We've got we've got uh, contributors, people that we're working with all over the country. That you know, they they have their own experiences with cars. Uh, I don't have any experience with uh, uh, 80s Plymouth, but one of our writers might, and that's great. I, 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 we want that. We well, want that, that shared interaction. Yeah, and I think where you're going with this, too, is, and, and, and like you, I might be partial to one or two makes or brands or, or cars or something like that, but... When, and I, and McKeel's a friend of mine, or an acquaintance, rather, uh, kind of, sort of, well, I see him all the time at the shows, and same as Keith Martin. We talk about this, and the common thing is is that, you're right, we're of a certain era. So I'm a 60s, early 70s kind of car guy. I really don't have a lot of interest in the cars of the 70s and or 80s and 90s and stuff. However, there are we want this 
we want the hobby to perpetuate itself. And the only way to do that is to reach out to everybody and get these enthusiasts to draw to 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 contribute. And just like you said, if the guy shows up and he's got a 1983 Chrysler K car or he's got a you know a 70s uh, an 87 uh, Monte Carlo SS or he's got a one of the last Pontiac Firebirds 2002 or three or four or whatever it was or something like that, we want those guys on there because that's going to bring more people. And the more people that join and get into the hobby the longer and stronger the hobby is going to be and it's going to be out there because the other problem we got is there's a generational shift going on and as some of these guys are getting older and older and older you know the interest in pre-war cars brass era cars you know 50s cars will eventually wane away and then you know what's left and uh that's a big concern out there for a lot of people but i think you guys are on the right track yeah thank you and it, and it is a big concern but i also feel that as uh, the collector car world evolves. It never goes away. Prices fluctuate. As the older stuff starts to get some more attainable values for our younger generation, then maybe people will go out and buy a 57 Bel Air that used to be 50 grand and now they're $25,000. Um, so it's dynamic. Um, we re- I read recently, I think Haggerty was claiming last year that Gen Xers and millennials outspent baby boomers in the collector car market, but we're buying cars that they made a lot more of and and they're a lot cheaper sub thirty thousand dollar cars um so yeah it's fascinating to see how the collector car world is evolving into the 21st century yeah and it, it really is going to change i mean uh whoever would have thought that a vanagon <laughs> was a uh, <laughs> like a 1986 vanagon oh synchro oh oh okay all right you know, I, it, 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 these are these are interesting times. Uh, I think the conventional idea of what a collector car is has shifted, and yes. you know, these are these are the 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 kids that were drooling over something in their neighbor's driveway. Uh, it might be a Honda, you know, CRX. It might be it might be a, a Wagoneer. I mean, Wagoneers are a good example. Yes. You know, I mean, wh- where did they go? They were they were nine grand, and then they were fifty if mm-hmm. they were good. And that that is, you know, I think it. That's the direction it's going. Hey Market guys, is changing. we are up against the clock. So what I want you guys to do real quick is go ahead and give out the uh, information on zero to sixty, and then uh, I will get in touch with you guys. Because, uh, you know, I'm on the East Coast here. I'm in Florida, so maybe I can, you know, do something with you guys. But go ahead and give out the information real quick. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you can find us at www.0260.com, spelled D-E-R-O, 260.com, and on Instagram at 0 underscore 260. Sounds good. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Very good. Zero to 60. Devin, I want to thank you very much. John, I want to thank you very much. We will definitely be in touch, and maybe we can do something. I'm a dealer here in Florida, so, you know, I run across classics all the time. But, again, I want to thank you very much for uh, coming on Nostalgic Winning Cars and sharing all about Zero to 60. Thank you for having us. It's been fun. Thank you, Robert. All right. We'll have you guys on again in the future. We'll see how you're doing in six months, okay? But uh, hopefully I'll be involved and help you guys out a little bit. Fantastic. Very good. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgia Weekend Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday night here on the Talk Radio Network, between 7 and 8 p.m. Uh, right here, WTN. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that other good stuff. Bobby, thank you. You did a great job. Thank and you. And everybody stay safe. Drive carefully. Oh, yeah. We want to see some of the car shows. Don't forget Meekum this week. Stay safe. Drive carefully. And love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.